to Old Fashioned Finance, the podcast that mixes cocktails and high finance. I'm your host, Caleb Frankert, and I'm joined by my good friend and fellow money muddler, Jason Burnell. Caleb, can a podcast about finance be entertaining? Not without alcohol. All right, let's mix it up or shake it up or mix it up (laughs) (laughs) and shake it up. Yeah. We kind of shook this drink. We kind of mishmashed this one up, Jason. Oh, tink. <laughs> <laughs> we are drinking a mishmash today, we whatever are. the heck that means. No, I don't, I like, where'd that name come from, I wonder? You know what? I'm not sure because yeah. I really, we don't go into the history on the drinks as much yeah. or the origins. This is an older drink, though. Uh, yeah, 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 I think so. I feel like Can the you old use drinks. It in a sentence? I Can you use <laughs> I'm not sure about this one, quite frankly. I found it in one of my cocktail books, but it didn't give a whole lot of background. Yeah, that's um, all right. That's all right. We like the we like the ingredients. Yeah, and we had them laying around, which is super important. Yeah, so. I mean, I think anytime control is in <laughs> a, a cocktail, I'm usually You're I'm for usually it. for it. Yeah, yeah I like control. Yeah, I actually off topic, but this is the old fashioned finance podcast. It is. I have in a lazy pinch instead of if I don't have oranges mm-hmm. and I don't have like sugar cubes or mm-hmm. simple syrup at home. Yes, I know how to make simple syrup. It's easy. <laughs> but in a pinch when I'm in a hurry, I have used Contro along with bourbon and a cocktail cherry to make a, an old fashioned. Kind of like an old fashioned. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you're getting the orange bitters kind of. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I get it. It I, works. I, and I've had old fashioned served in your bourbon institutions with mm-hmm. control. I think it's it's common. Yeah, it's a good cheat code, I think. Yeah, exactly. It's not exactly it. When you don't want to boil some simple syrup. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it it goes really well in the higher with the higher proof bourbons for Do sure. You think that yeah. about everything though. This what doesn't true. go with higher proof bourbons? This is true. I don't know at this stage in the game if it's if it's under 90 proof, I'm probably not drinking it. Get this water out of my face. <laughs> I'm not trying to hydrate here. Are we doing a podcast? Yeah, I think so. All right, let's do it. <laughs> so we're, we're talking about the mishmash today, and we're going to talk about kind of a, I would say, intimidating topic for a lot of folks. Yeah. We're going to get into to Medicare, uh, or more specifically in this case, because we're not going to talk a ton about Medicare. <laughs> we're going to talk about minding the gap, Jason. Yeah, and yeah. by the gap, I mean between when you want to retire and 65, which is Medicare age. Yeah, I mean, this sounds like... In my mind, this whole statement sounds like how people feel like when they think of taxes, you know, mm-hmm. it's like some kind of cliff they're just going to fall off of. So we you need to build a talking, bridge. Yeah. We need to build a bridge. You start talking about this and this is when you see eyes glaze over and, you know, that is impossible into your chair. <laughs> yeah. So I think this will be a really fun one. This drink, Jason, I got to say, I'm not sure about it. And here's why. I'm going to just read off the ingredients here today. Okay, so, let's do it. It's not the ingredients so much. It's the mix. It's it's, yeah. it's the, ra- the ratio here. So if you're making a mishmash at home with us, follow these simple instructions. Get a rocks glass, throw some ice cubes in it. I used a shaker, Jason, to mix this all up. You could probably do a mixing glass too. Two it ounces did, of bourbon. It didn't bourbon. really specify. Like the, the recipe that we had didn't like say. No, it, it's, it's an old school recipe. So I yeah. think it's more like, hey, come on. You know how to do this. Mix the ingredients <laughs> already. So we got two ounces of bourbon, one ounce of Contro, one ounce of simple syrup. Yeah. Yikes. A splash of grenadine and a lemon peel to garnish. So, you know, all these things, I'm a fan. These yeah. ratios, this to me looks like it's going to be super, super sweet, Jason. Yeah. And so, and we use New Riff for the bourbon today. So, yep. On the um, high side, right? On the high side. Proof. Yeah. I think we were trying to uh, compensate for these sweet. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. So, yeah, let's try it. All right. Let's cheers. cheers. Smells good. 
Yeah, it's really it's salmon color. Yeah, it's very pretty. Wow, that's sweet. Mm. Yikes, that's too much. Yeah, that's like a Jolly Rancher. That's too sweet. That's a bourbon Jolly Rancher. <laughs> you know, let me go back for a second sip here. Oh, gosh. I would add like four more ounces of bourbon to that. <laughs> hey, now there's an idea. Oh, we're all out of that new riff. We finished Oh, we off. did. We did. I was going to say, let's be... pause and throw some more bourbon in there yeah. and see if it makes more sense. Yeah. Oh, well. Uh, well, Jason, mishmash, forward or again it? No, I'm again it. That a little bit of grenadine goes a long. Oh gosh, long we need way. a we need a medicine dropper next time. I yeah, think. I think so. I think we might have fouled on this one. You know, I think uh, you could probably because I'm such a great mixologist. Jason, <laughs> I think you could probably go two ounces of bourbon, maybe a half, half ounce, an ounce control, yeah. half ounce simple syrup, and just a drop or two of grenadine, and well, you'd the, be all right. The grenadine, like when when you're in a bar, how do they serve grenadine? I mean, is it usually with a I don't like know. a regular you know, I, I only see it Spout. in the, the Rose's uh, Grenadine little yeah. plastic bottle. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's the only only Grenadine. Yeah, I, see. I feel like we didn't control that. So, oh, yeah, you say splash and that's kind of. Uh, yeah. It's, so if you like your drink sweet, <laughs> splash well, away. <laughs> I'm, honestly, I'm having a hard time locating the bourbon in this drink. I, I got a little bit. It's I, if we would have used a lower proof bourbon, let's say like a Buffalo Trace or something like that. That's 90. Right. Right? Yeah. Ninety uh it might be a little bit Yeah, know, but if we there. used a lower proof bourbon, it would get it lost. would have been gone. I mean You know you know what? I think Jamie would like this. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> you don't think so? <laughs> Not even a chance. <laughs> Hang on. Okay, we're back. Sorry. We're back. I, I stopped the recording for just a I don't second. know what's happening though. <laughs> <laughs> I uh so Jamie, one of our relationship managers here, hates bourbon and hate, most hate of the, the right cocktails word. that we make here. But and she's funny, such a good sport. She is. A, a Why? funny little joke she here. to your stupid face. <laughs> I don't know. Every single cocktail we try, I'll say, Jamie, I don't know. I, I, I think you might like this one. And she goes, no, I don't think so. I'm like, no, really, I think you will. And then she tries it and she doesn't like it. it but I think this time. I don't think you so. You might like it. Jamie, come on over here and try a sip of this. Oh, gosh. So, our special guest today. <laughs> oh, gosh. I'm already a little nervous. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> That wasn't acting. Okay. I would. Yeah, we should. This should be a video podcast. Because <laughs> that look is priceless. <laughs> Someone resuscitate her. She's going into cardiac arrest. <laughs> okay, Jamie. Um, I guess you're excused. I'll catch up with you later and see exactly why you didn't like it. It certainly wasn't that it's not sweet enough. <laughs> <laughs> Give that girl a beer. That's what she likes. <laughs> uh, thanks, wow, Jamie, bummer. for being a good sport. That was fun, though. <laughs> All right, we should probably cut the shenanigans yeah, to it, Jason. Holy cow. Okay, so what are we Here talking we are. about today? <laughs> we're minding the gap. We are. What does yeah. that mean? What, really, okay, so what we're talking about here, the gap is whenever you think you want to retire or maybe financially would be able to retire yep. up until you're at that 65 age where you can use Medicare as your insurance option, there are a lot of folks out there who just think, I got to work till 65 because, you know, health insurance. Yeah. I mean, the government has pretty much mandated, you know, the thoughts of uh, the population when it comes to uh, retirement planning. And it's 65 for Medicare reason. Right. That, which that is, does, that's not full retirement age for Social Security for most folks. You, you know, when you, it's funny when you ask people early on in the planning stages of, of uh, you know, retirement planning, 
you know, when do you when do you want to retire? You hear, no, oh, 65. Why do you think we just throw out 65? Because it's Social easy. Security is available at 62. Right. So it's not because income's available. It's probably because health care is available then at, at age 65. Well, and a good advisor is going to challenge that, you know, especially if you've got someone that's like really diligent at saving. So yeah, these might be folks, you know, thinking about retiring like in their 50s, for example, and mm-hmm. they've got several years ahead of them that we've got to get we got to fill that gap in uh, so, from a healthcare perspective. Yeah, this really is kind of geared towards that retire early crowd, Jason. And uh, let's take just a few minutes and talk about some of the common myths or misconceptions are out there that keep people from even getting into this retire early mindset right, right. that we know are kind of centralized around this Medicare gap, right? Sure. So, yeah, I mean, like probably one of the biggest ones is like there's no options available for them. That is just simply not true. We're going to jump into the kind of the ways to fill this gap here mm-hmm. in a little bit, but so we'll we'll cover those here in a little bit. Another one is it's just like way too expensive, it's yeah. impossible to pay for. Again, that's not true. There there are lots of ways to get around this. How many times have we heard? Well, if insurance is going to cost me X amount, I might as well just be going to work and having you know most of that picked up by my employer and and making money in the meantime. Yeah, but you've got a lot of clients, you know, too that when they're working, you know, they're going out, they're killing it, they're mm-hmm. dragging it home, they're maximizing their income. And some of those folks are saving large percentages of their their income. Mm-hmm. They don't necessarily need those dollars on an annual basis to live, mm-hmm. okay? So really, I might make $70,000 a year, but I'm living on 40. Yeah. Okay? So with all the tax changes and stuff that happen when you actually stop working, along with that just optimizing thought process versus maximizing mm-hmm. your income. Uh, that, that's a good point right yeah. there. Optimizing versus maximizing because uh, there is a difference for sure. And we get into that with the social security conversation all, all the, the time. time. All the yeah. time. Yeah. So yeah, the other one I, I would say that comes up a lot is you know clients are saying, oh, I have diabetes or mm-hmm. I had cancer and pre-existing conditions is another one that folks forget that you know pre-existing conditions were basically washed away with yeah. the ACA affordable um, care act yeah and so you know those that pre pre-existing condition concern is really not as important as it used to be it's one of those old well you know we worried about it before nothing's changed we yeah some of the stuff is this thinking should go out the window as of a couple of years ago for a lot of this right so. and i mean if you have a client that's worked at the same uh, or if you are someone that's worked at the same job for you know thirty years, you may not even realize the changes in healthcare. Yeah. Other than the cost in your paycheck has gone way up. Yeah. So yeah. So I think that's it's kind of unfortunate. You know, I don't want someone to be like, I can't retire just simply because yeah. health insurance is a concern. Let's push back on that a little bit. Yeah, Let's absolutely. And Jason, quite honestly, you know, this has come up more over the last couple of years sure for has. both of us because. COVID has changed the the work environment, the landscape in, entirely, and people who maybe like their jobs now find their jobs unbearable. Yeah, so you hear about this this thing in the news. It's really around what they're calling it the Great Resignation. Yeah, you know, like we have a mass exodus of what I'm going to say wisdom <laughs> from the workforce, and these folks are just simply leaving, and many of them way before 65. Mm-hmm. You know, they're just like, I've had it. Yep. Can enough, we make this work? And enough's that's enough. <laughs> sometimes we'll bring it up to folks and say, "Hey, let's let's talk about retirement age a little bit more. I think we can work." Right. Some. A lot of times, what we're we're getting is, "I am so ready to be done. I just I can't wait till sixty five. Right. I wish we could make it work." And that's where we step back and say, 
well, let's take a look at this because I think we can make it work. You know, when we're going through income planning with our clients, it's often like we're facing like almost giving them permission, mm-hmm. like saying like, it's fine. You're going to be okay. Like You can anytime, man, like whatever you want. Mm-hmm. I don't want you to go to work and be like begrudging it every single yeah. day. Now, and that I don't think there are big percentages of population that do that. Mm-hmm. But again, I think that that's something that you have to address with your with your advisor. So we've gotten down what we're talking about, who we're talking about really, and some yeah. misconceptions, Jason. So one of those was that they're really kind of broadly as well, there's just not any options. They're totally wrong. So let's talk about some of the main options here. And I'd, I'd say we can group it into like four. I, I borrowed some from an article off of Fidelity, by the way, which I think just laid this out really, really nice. But there are options before 65 if you decide to retire early. First one uh, we'll get into is COBRA. Jason, if you can remember the acronym COBRA, what it stands for off the top of your head, gold star. Uh, I know Omnibus uh, is in there. <laughs> <laughs> Not even one word. Yeah. <laughs> Omnibus. Omnibus. Second Omnibus, one. Yeah. Right. That's so stupid. What? <laughs> the government came up with that for sure. Cobra. It's not it, even in this article. Oh, yes, it is. Oh, oh okay. Here. What, what this is, is your trivial pursuit moment of the podcast. Consolidated Omnibus Budget Reconciliation Act of <laughs> 1985. Were you born I, I was born in 85. Yeah. Oh, Me and Cobra, we go sense. way back. The year I, I was born in 1982, and that was the year the IRA <laughs> came out. So you get Cobra, I get the IRA. <laughs> so what the heck is Cobra? Let's talk about it, Jason. Yeah. So um, basically allows you to continue your, your coverage from your employer Yes. Uh, for a period of time, depending on your circumstances. At cost. At cost. <laughs> There's the asterisk. <laughs> Which is real expensive, you know, as health insurance has gone up and people complain about their employer being cheap and they have to pay this much, uh, you know, for their health insurance and they right. used to pay for it all. You're not even, for the most part, you're probably not even bearing half of the brunt on your, your cost of health insurance. No, no. And, and, and I think that's always a shocker when folks get that Cobra letter in the mail because mm-hmm. it's required. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you had coverage through your employer. So, um, you're going to get this letter and it's going to be like your healthcare coverage is $1,900 a month. And you're mm-hmm. going to go, Holy some? smokes. <laughs> no, thank you. Um, I'll take yeah, my chances. Exactly. Not to say that Cobra is always a bad choice. Right. Because there are cases, let's say it's, I don't know, uh, September and you had a hip replacement mm-hmm. and you reached your $10,000 deductible. Mm-hmm. I might pay Cobra for a couple Bingo. months. Bingo. I might. You know what else is nice about Cobra is while you're figuring this out, you can go back retroactively on Cobra, which I know, is helpful. It, like go back, like oh, I I yeah. shattered my femur. I yeah. I didn't have health insurance, but I can buy it in just, reverse. Yeah, just know <laughs> that it's a really expensive option that you can keep in your back pocket as you're making these decisions. Make sure so you understand your eligibility. Yeah. Just talk to your human resource folks. You need to review that so you know how long it lasts. If you have, especially if you have something catastrophic. Yeah. So it's pretty important. We're not going to spend a ton of time on Cobra because quite honestly, it's the least cost effective out of all of these uh, right. for the most part. Maybe there was a debate in years past, but most people aren't using Cobra when they have these other three options. You know, maybe employers should available. publish the actual cost of the insurance so people know, you know that. Like, last, that should be required, you know? <laughs> my last employer actually did. I got a statement at the end huh. of each year that showed their investment, quote unquote, in me. So it showed my salary, my bonuses. It showed how much they paid for my health insurance, life insurance, all that kind of stuff. And you look at this number and go, "Wow!" That's, and so they're uh, like, "You're not net, even close to what I your got." Your net fifty thousand dollars losses to us. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Just kidding. That's so, why you're here. We yeah. love you. 
All right. So the next one, and this is one of the more favorable, is think about a spouse's plan. Yeah. I mean, and and consider all options when it comes to a spouse. They might be retired, but there might be an eligibility option for their retirement plan. Those are getting a little more costly, but still probably cheaper than Cobra. Yeah. But if your spouse is still working, you got to look easy into peasy, it. Right? And 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 let's say you you quit and it's February and open enrollment was back in November. Mm-hmm. This is something called a qualifying event. Yeah. So, it's a life event. We right, call them. Yeah. Right. Right. So you can you can go ahead and get in that new plan. It might increase your deductions out of your your spouse's paycheck, but but not like Cobra would. Not like Cobra, exactly. So it's another good option. Another one we won't spend a ton of time on because that one's pretty self explanatory, right? And uh, you know, pretty applicable uh, in a lot of situations. But let's say, like you said, spouse is retired and there's not an option to get on. That we do have some of those folks who you know have retired from a manufacturing facility, right? Right. They they get to keep their insurance and spouse, but those are like you said, few and far between at this point. So. Uh, let's talk really where where we're more commonly seeing people bridging this gap, which would sure. be the marketplace. Right. So this this massive invention that was uh, part of the Affordable Care Act, um, the unaffordable Care Act when it came <laughs> out. Right. Well, it's still unaffordable for the record, but um, you know, it, yeah, but it, to who? <laughs> exactly. Good point. Yeah, we're still working. It's still costing us money. <laughs> the reality is, it did create a marketplace that made you know, insurance choices kind of visible. And honestly, it does cover a lot of the of the plans that are out there. Now back you go back a few years, there were penalties associated with not having insurance. Yeah. All that stuff's kind of been washed away. Honestly, we are back to the point where what the Affordable Care Act was supposed to do and everyone's yeah. gonna have health insurance. That hasn't happened. Right. But so but the marketplace does seem to give uh, a really nice view of just kind of the choices. Now, there is one really important caveat to this, right? Let's hear it. Which is the subsidy. Yeah. I mean, you've had clients experience this. Oh, absolutely. You know, we've had, kind of like I said earlier, a lot of folks throughout COVID and the aftermath of COVID <laughs> just decide, you know, I'm done with I'm this. I'm quitting my job. <laughs> yeah. Like, why Why do I want to work five more years? That'll probably kill me, actually. So, right. you know, we've explored more of these. Hey, can I retire early? What's the biggest hindrance? It's health insurance. Right. And, and going back to those preconceived notions, those misconceptions. Well, you know, so-and-so did this a few years ago and she said that it was going to be $1,200 yep. a month and I just can't afford that. If it's going to be that much, then I might as well go back to work, have my employer cover it. And and at least I'm making some money, right? Right. However, the subsidies are all based off of income qualifications, right? And that's why I mentioned the whole like optimizing your income yeah. thought process. Just because you used to make eight thousand a month mm-hmm. or five thousand a month doesn't mean you need to do that in retirement. And quite honestly, you might be in a situation where one spouse is retired, mm-hmm. or excuse me, one spouse is working, right? Right, and you're retiring, and maybe you're taking effectively you know, uh, that bracket that you were in before income bracket and cutting that in half. And all of a sudden those subsidies bump up. You're, you're actually looking at quite affordable insurance and your lifestyle may not change at all. Exactly. Cause you may be actually living on the same dollars mm-hmm. that you were used to living on before. But listen, like one of the most important parts of retirement savings and that income plan that you come up with is you're planning for like all this accumulation you do throughout your life you did the savings, like you did the thing that needed to happen. So savings is not necessary. To You don't need to save from your savings. 
Yeah. Okay. So like that is what we mean when we talk about optimization. Like don't take a $6,000 withdrawal from your, from your retirement accounts because that's what you're used to. Right. Right. And turn around and put $2,000 in your savings every month. Absolutely. That's silliness. Don't do that. And it'll, it would impact your subsidy that you would get through uh, the exchange. Exactly. And you know the, the thing about the subsidies, I mentioned that example. I didn't throw $1,200 out there out of nowhere. I had a client come to me and say this. I said, well, let's look into it a little bit. Her, her premium is going to be like $12 a month, Jason. Dollars. Yeah. And, and that was, the, that was the, the breaking point for her, whether she could retire. She goes, Forget this. I'm done. I'm I'm going to put like in my notice. Two weeks notice, baby. <laughs> yeah. So she's living off of some vacation time right now. She's coming in to see me in a month. Yeah. We, uh, we're retiring. So yeah, it, it you know based off of we project income obviously based on where your income falls, the subsidies come in because they'll tell you if you go out to healthcare.gov and you just want to plug in the options. It'll show you what the actual cost of the plan is, right? Minus the subsidy. What's next? Uh, yeah, so what, you need to, to you? you do need to be careful with the subsidy calculation. Make sure you got your income correct. Yeah. You know, it's gonna it's gonna tell you the sources you need. I mean, Social Security is gonna factor into this. All your retirement withdrawals, pensions, things like that. So you know, if you're one of those people like I have to have my house paid off when I retired, absolutely. And you take a hundred thousand dollar withdrawal from your retirement account, Don't. it's going to impact this. Okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like so, just just you got to keep that in mind when you're going through this. Now, I want to mention one other thing around subsidies because I've had this come up. Listen, it is a subsidy. The government is helping pay for your insurance premiums. Yes. Some people have a problem with that. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm just going to remind you. You paid taxes. You paid a crap load of taxes. <laughs> okay. So in my mind, this is like tax recovery. Yeah. So any maybe we should change the name. <laughs> right. Any opportunity to get back what you've given better use uh, here than some of the other places that our government. Yeah. And I mean, they, they typically don't ask us our opinions when they write these bills. Right. But, you know, I would think that would be a, a better title for it, which would be like returned tax dollars. <laughs> Hey, you know, here's another thing to think about too, and this is kind of going retroactive. Hopefully, you've gone through the order of savings, and we've we've looked at our insurance options and maximized insurance while we're working too. Because we went to health savings accounts and a high deductible plan in our family because it gave me an opportunity to put more tax deferred, potentially tax free money in right. down the road. We don't touch that money. So if you've got a health savings account, remember, even when you look at these premiums, you can pay for those premiums out out of your health savings account as well. Which is awesome. Which is a huge tax benefit. Um, Absolutely. So yeah. You know, think about ways that you you would pay for these programs. Yeah. But, so find the HSA episode. Yeah. It it's a good one. Gin and tonics. One. Yeah. That'd be a good oh. one to revisit because oh. it's G and T weather. Oh, yeah. So. <laughs> uh, well gin and tonics are always good to revisit. So let's get into one other area, Jason, uh, in our other options category, private insurance and then sharing programs. Private insurance really has kind of been eliminated for all intents and purposes with the marketplace. Yeah, so the ACA basically created this mandated insurance like checklist. You had yeah. to have these services included. And so a lot of those private like what I'd say gap filling insurance just disappeared. Mm-hmm. Um I can remember or back they're in the day. so outrageously expensive yeah, that it's well, not really an option. Yeah, because there's no one else in that program right. anymore. They're all over on the, the marketplace side or private employer insurance. Mm-hmm. So Largely speaking, this is pretty much gone. 
unfortunately, that that's kind of sad to me because like the so-called marketplace eliminated a marketplace. It, it eliminated <laughs> an actual market. Yeah. Right. So let's get into one that maybe does have some practical application. Sure. And I'm going to hand this completely over to you because you have a <laughs> lot of experience with sharing programs. Yeah. So I am a fan of healthcare sharing ministries or programs. There are several of them. Christian Healthcare, uh, Solidarity Health, CMS Curo is another one. These are essentially a not insurance insurance solution. Mm -hmm. (laughs) What you're doing is kind of like how health insurance was kind of designed. It's a pool, right? It's a pool of folks that that come together, uh, pay a monthly cost, and share in the cost of their health care. It's kind of like a giant sinking fund. It is, yeah. And I mean, I I have experience. I've been on a uh, healthcare sharing ministry for seven years. You've had some babies on, I've had on this. Two Very babies. expensive, right? <laughs> I've had some surgeries, broken bones, you name it. I've got a family of nine. Yep. So, you know, that is just the reality of being alive in our household. <laughs> so I, I'm really for this. And so it is a shift in thinking. I'm telling you, I have, a, I have several clients minding the gap with a sharing ministry. If you're relatively healthy, Okay, someone that doesn't have a propensity to go to the doctor for a hangnail mm-hmm. and just need like regular checkups. This is a very good program. Uh, I would say cost is anywhere from three hundred to five hundred a month, depending on your situation. And it also many times you can align with kind of your moral compass a yeah. little bit. So you know, I don't want to support you know things like uh, abortion mm-hmm. or contraception or so or you know, the support of certain drugs. This is plan. You can find one. You can find one of these plans that will, that will fit that bill for sure. So Mm -hmm. I'm for that for sure. It's something that I've looked into in the past. Uh, luckily my, I I haven't had to, there was a time when I thought I was going to have to go down that route, but my wife now works for the public school system, which is a little bit more advantageous, but yeah, I mean, really What's interesting about this too is I know that you you might have to do a little bit of work with this kind of a program, right? You're calling and you're bartering and you're negotiating on the bill. So that's gotten a lot easier. But it is a money saver for the the group, right? If you're going to bat for you versus yep. insurance companies talking to each other. Many times when I go into a, a doctor's office, they're giving us discounts right out of the gate. Yep. I mean, 40% is pretty much standard. Like that's <laughs> a big number. And And look, as a business owner, Jason, you know it, right? When you have to hand over financials, when you're talking to somebody in the yeah. uh, the business office or whatever, they don't know how to read They're this. They're like, I, I don't know. Just, you know just, what? We're just, just going to write it off. We're just going to write this off. And that has happened to me. Not but, that I'm trying to get out of it. Though, That's not it. Small business owners, right? Are, yeah. are people that are looking into these kinds of these because they maybe they can't get private health insurance. Sure, and, sure. And uh, yeah. Yeah. So the, the groups are pretty large. You know, biggest thing is make sure that the uh, sharing ministry is solvent. Yeah, because there is no guarantee there. They could just go bankrupt one day. There are cases where that's happened. Yeah. The big ones, Christian healthcare, those kinds. The ones that um, have been around. Yep, exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, you know what? I'm for retiring early. Me too. And my experience has been so far, it is really rewarding as a financial advisor to tell somebody, well, you know what? Stop putting up with the garbage at work. Who says you need to put in another five years? We can make this work. You can always go back to work. Exactly. Like, come on. What is the worst case scenario? You have to go back to work. Uh, But typically, you're going to go back doing something that you actually like. You might do that anyway. Yeah. I mean, go work at the golf course, you know. 
what drive your kids around on a school bus? I don't know. There's These just, are all ways to mind the gap. It's yeah. really important. Um, I just my my last little blurb I'll throw in here is don't think that you can't do it because of age. Uh, right. Retirement is about you know your cost of living, your ability to live within your means, and the nest egg that you've got Especially saved up. Especially if you've been diligent, just just yeah, re- you got to consider it. We can work around the uh, the premiums. We can work around the health insurance. Typically, that hasn't been a hang up to this point. So, thanks for having a drink with us, folks. This week, it's time to close out the tab. It was a good one. Yeah. If you have a question or a topic you want addressed on the Old Fashioned Finance Podcast, be sure to email us at podcast at bluejfg.com. We'd love to hear from you. Don't forget to share the show with someone you love or just someone who needs a little money muddling themselves. You can stay up to date with the latest action by following us on Facebook. Old Fashioned Finance is brought to you by Blue Jay Financial Group. That's bluejfg.com and produced by Pottery Studios. We've been your hosts, Caleb and Jason. Cheers. Yeah. Bourbon is good for your health. <laughs> that too. It yes. is. Mind your mind the gap, man. <laughs> <laughs> See ya, buddy. Blue Jay Financial Group, LLC. Blue Jay is a registered investment advisor registered with the state of Ohio. Registration does not imply a certain level of skill or training. The presence of this advertisement on this podcast shall not be directly or indirectly interpreted as a solicitation of investment advisory services to persons of another jurisdiction unless otherwise permitted by statute. Follow-up or individualized responses to a consumer in a particular state by Blue Jay and the rendering of personalized investment advice for compensation shall not be made without first complying with jurisdiction requirements or pursuant an applicable state exemption. All verbal and written consent on this presentation is for information purposes only. Opinions expressed herein are solely those of Blue Jay unless other otherwise specifically cited. Material presented is believed to be from reliable sources, and no representations are made by our firm as to other parties' informational accuracy or completeness. All information or ideas provided should be discussed in detail with an advisor, accountant, or legal counsel prior to implementation.